Hello, welcome back to Meraki Unboxed. My name's Simon Thompson, the host of the show. Wonderful to have you with us once again as we get into 2022 and our first session today uh, talking about technology. Obviously, we had a recently a very good discussion with Jen Kirkpatrick from our sales leadership organization uh, talking about um, her own developments through, her, through the course of her career. And uh, we had some really exciting um, tips and suggestions from her about how to progress your career. So if you're into that kind of thing, you're interested in doing just exactly that, uh, do go back and have a listen to that last episode. And of course, we do have now a very large number of episodes in the can for you to go back and review. But today, we're going to look at one of our products which, uh, which doesn't always get as much attention uh, as the others in the lineup, and that's Systems Manager, our mobile device management product. Now, we are very keen to try to mix up the technology and also the personalities and people that drive our business. Uh, and the ideas that we have for these shows, they are often generated, of course, within Meraki itself, but they do also come to us from outside. So we do get suggestions that come in uh, from our customers, from our partners, uh, from technology enthusiasts who just want to hear something about the Meraki business or about a particular part of our technology. And if you would like to contribute something to this show and have it uh, potentially included, and uh, maybe even be on the show, I would absolutely welcome that. You can find me online very easily. I use Twitter most of the time and I'm on there pretty much every day. My handle is at Meraki Simon. So do look me out and uh, say hi. Uh, just let me know what you think of the show and uh, any ideas that you've got to share. All right, so let's get into today's episode. As I said, we're talking Systems Manager and uh, joining me to help me with this discussion, we've brought in a customer uh, of our product who has been with us for a very large number of years. Uh, so, uh, Joff Owen, I would like to welcome you to the podcast. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, Simon. Thanks for having me. Great to have you on board. And um, tell us a little bit about your, uh, well, tell us what your job title is and what you do uh, and, and the name of your organization, of course. Sure. Um, so I work for Compass Group. We're um, one of the leading food service providers in the world. Um, and I work in a, a sector, uh, which is like a division of our company called Compass Digital Labs, which is the technology delivery um, arm of our business in North America. And my title is uh, Field Technology Architect. So I help oh. um, build platforms and solutions for Compass. That's pretty exciting. That sounds like it encompasses a number of different uh, technology areas. Would I be right? Absolutely. Uh, we are a very diverse company um, covering multiple um, segments of the market space. Great. Well, so we'll get into that discussion with you in just a moment because we really wanted, wanted to hear all about your own experience with the product and how it applies itself in your business in that real world. That's what we're all about here, it's bringing it to life. Uh, but just as a recap for everybody, I mean, Systems Manager you know, it's a really important part of uh, our product lineup when it comes to uh, managing not so much the network, but actually the devices that connect to that network. And for us, it really is a key component uh, connecting all the layers of our zero trust uh, network access uh, elements into um, Sentry integrations with Meraki. So this gets really technical and complicated, but it does integrate with our MR line, so the Wi-Fi, MX, that's the security appliances, and of course the switches as well. So we have this ability to pr uh, provide configurations, uh, settings, and uh, you know applications to devices. We can quarantine them based on their status. Uh, so there's a whole bunch of different things that we can do with this product. And actually it's one of those ones where on the surface, it looks really simple. And frankly, it can be very simple the way you deploy it, but it can also go pretty deep as well. So we have some pretty good integrations, tight integrations with some of our more advanced security products uh, like Umbrella, which you have integrated with Meraki, uh, Duo, uh, Cisco Ice, some of you I'm sure will be familiar with, uh, and Secure Endpoint. So really, it's one of the components that helps us build that SASE architecture that uh, that we have uh, assembled at Meraki with the various different components. So, you know, it's one of those products where I would say, like everything with Meraki, you just jump in. You just start using it and you, you give it a try and you see how it could be potentially useful to you. And of course, what we wanted to do was talk to one of our valued customers using it every day uh, to really understand how they are taking taking advantage of it. So with that, Joff, I mean, you mentioned food services groups at Compass. Uh, could you just maybe elaborate on that a little bit? Just give us a sense of what you mean by that and the breadth of it. 
<laughs> sure. Um, well, uh, Compass is the parent company, Compass Group. Our, the parent company is, is based out of the UK. Um, our North American head office is in Charlotte, North Carolina, and that's uh, where where my leadership, uh, where my manager and my bosses work out of. In um, in regards to you know the overall organization, uh, we're Compass Digital Labs. We we provide services to um, three of our core sectors or divisions within the business, um, the business and industry, so food service within business and industry, um, higher education, and the healthcare and community living sectors. So those are, are three core areas. We also have, you know, remote camps and um, uh, other businesses that uh, operate within the Compass Group, but those three are our are, are primary focus within Compass Digital Labs. Mm-hmm. So, and to Compass Digital Labs in 2016, we formed Compass Digital Labs in Canada, and this became, we saw a need for um, front of house technology and, you know, in uh, providing a team of people that could deliver the solutions to the business um, and, and take a real, you know, we had our traditional IT department on the corporate level who understood the whole corporate back end of stuff, but on the front end, um, you know, when we have you know, 10,000 plus retail units across North America, um, there's a big front end component out there. And it's a, it was really time for, for this new, you know, technology company to, to grow within Compass Group. Mm -hmm. So with that, we started our, our mission statement of, you know, our mission is to create extraordinary experiences at the intersection of hospitality and technology. Nice. I like that. So when you talk about um, front of house, uh, bring that to life for me. So just help me understand or help help me uh, picture in my mind of what that would actually be like in practice. Sure. When we talk about food service, people think of your traditional brick and mortar stores where you go to a restaurant or a quick food or fast food coffee shop, um, pick up all that that stuff. Mm -hmm. In our business, we actually operate within client facilities. So large organizations throughout uh, North America come to Compass Group to operate their corporate cafeterias or their corporate spaces for food. So we're an operator within our client spaces. Mm. So it's it's a different business model. Um, So when, you know, it'd be nice to have a cookie cutter template out, you know, for example, if we're going to be a coffee shop, here's your coffee shop, and we roll out technology as a footprint for each coffee shop, and they're all relatively built the same. Mm-hmm. With Compass, um, while we have the coffee shop brands that we can provide, each space that we operate ends up being unique because we are operating it within the space provided to us by our clients. So that in itself poses some challenges from a network perspective if you think of our higher education and colleges and universities where we have vast campuses uh, covering huge geographical areas with many um, food service locations throughout so how do we build networks through those facilities and work with our clients and their infrastructure um, to leverage some of their layer one that they may have that you know would be unreasonable or very expensive for us to implement on our own so it's very unique uh, aspect, which creates a significant amount of challenges and creativity. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm imagining that from what you're describing, I mean, really, you are expected to sort of fit in with whatever the brand identity is of the organization that you're operating within. Uh, so you at the same time are trying to implement, I'm sure, like any organization, as much standardization as you can for, for the sake of efficiency. So I can imagine there could be some interesting friction there when you come. Is that what you mean when you talk about the creativity? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, um, we have, you know, the constraints of PCI and, and what we can and can't do with, with, with the networking aspect of that for, you know, managing the, um, that sensitive information. Mm-hmm. And then you have, um, you know, our client networks uh, who, you know, we may have to, for example, put our, our router in as a as a, the edge point, but traverse their layer two or layer three switching um, right. to get to where we need to go, right? So we end up with hybrid networks. 
Yes, I can imagine all kinds of permutations there. And, and that, that's something which you could have to figure out in every single case. So that, that's certainly a, a challenge from a scaling perspective. You mentioned, um, I think you said about 10,000 locations in the US. Um, how does it expand globally? Um, so, you know, I, I get from a hmm, interesting question, and I, I don't know the answer to that. What I can say is people. So in... Mm-hmm. Um, in North America, we employ over 260,000 people work for oh, companies. Wow. Okay. And and globally, we're close to 600,000. Cool. So um, we're big. If you look on our website, I think 2019 revenues were 20 billion dollars. So yeah, yep. we're it's pretty sizable. Um, and how does that translate into the number of devices? So uh, you know, obviously, I'm sure you've got a bunch of those based on what you're just saying there. We do. So. Um, so as we, you know, we have, we, you know, we started with Cisco years and years ago, and then have been migrating off of the, the Cisco into the Meraki space. And, you know, in our Meraki environment, we're we're pushing close to 5,000 networks in near what almost 80,000 devices wow. um, connected. So, big big space. And you know, when we get even into the systems manager spot, you know, we started. 2018, I had one, <laughs> and now we're almost at 15,000. Well, that's a lot. Um, and so really the scale is what we wanted to talk about, I think it was the main theme that we picked for, for this particular episode. And, and so I really want to explore that in a little bit more uh, detail. So uh, particularly around the challenges that, that, uh, that get encountered around, um, around scaling. So before you had a systems manager, you know, if we wind the clock back, what did it look like beforehand and how did you, how did you handle it then? Um, it was difficult. It required a lot of resources to, um, manually configure these things and ship them out. It Mm -hmm. was, um, it's, wasn't ideal. It was, you know, seemed kind of rudimentary how we were doing it. And, um, while we were able to deliver on the product, you know, there were significant limitations, um, then we started exploring, you know, we looked at MDMs. Um, so internally within Compass, I, I said, okay, what MDM does Compass have as an organization if we approved? And it was a different product. So, okay, I went and worked with that, learned it, figured it out, got it to work. Okay, so, okay, now we can, now I figured out a way that we can manage these things. Mm-hmm. During this time though, 2017, when I got asked to do that, um, 2018, we started uh, at a higher level within the organization in discussions with Meraki, uh, management was talking about what, you know, systems manager, what could we use systems manager? Could we lever this? So we did a, a POC, a proof of concept. Um, what can, you know, can we make this happen? So I took my learnings from the previous MDM and applied it to Meraki. And, and it's, it was quite enlightening to, to, um, just at the how, once you understand the concepts, and how you apply them in MDM. When you come to Meraki, it was just, it was simple. What it took me right. two months to do in one platform, I was able to do in a day in Meraki and Systems Manager and make the devices look identical um, between the two platforms. And it just, it really blew me away at how efficient it, um, Meraki was at, at doing this. And so when I reported that back to leadership and said, hey, listen, here's what I built, um, it works. and um, here's one one device, and they, they looked at it, and they go, hey, great, Joff, so can we start rolling these out? And I said, yep, absolutely, we're ready to go. So that was 2018, July 2018, and and, and just in that one product that, that we developed, we've, we're at over over 3,000 devices deployed now. Mm. Incredible. And, and you know, I, I find, I mean, we've done, obviously, a lot of episodes of this podcast by now, and we have heard this similar story many many times over and it's just music to my ears i just never get bored of hearing it is is that kind of revelation that moment where you realize that actually this is this can be done in an easier way because really that's what we've always been trying to do since the very start that's how we i think uh, gained our initial traction was just by creating something it wasn't brand new that wasn't that didn't exist before but it never existed in a form that people could access and make and and handle quite so easily so wonderful to hear that that's uh, that's always a, a wonderful story um 
so having got into using this this product to to help manage your devices how are how are some of those devices actually used in the field uh, have you got any sort of good stories to tell us there oh for sure yeah um so the the product that i was talking about earlier was you know we we developed an application so let me back up a little bit mm-hmm. um with point of sale that's probably in the food service front of house technology. Obviously, when you go to a coffee shop, you need to, the technology is really the point of sale, is, is the primary piece of technology. After that, we have our auxiliaries, digital signage, temperature sensoring, monitor, IoT stuff. Mm. There's, there's a bunch of other technology that goes in, but the primary driver is, is really the point of sale. And over the last few years, you know, we've seen a shift in in the whole point of sales retail space, right? There's been a lot more self-service put in, a lot more kiosks um, and these types of things, which, you know, is really repurposing our, our staff, right? We're, we're taking them, shifting them from a role of being a cashier and now being a host or mm. a service associate within the space, being able to provide service to the customer as opposed to just ringing in their sale. So it's really, you know, improving our, our, our guest experience on that level. But when, when we go back to the technology piece, it's those point of sales is really that, that front end. And like we were talking about the mobile, now we get into mobile apps and this whole food service delivery model, right? It's like people, oh, now I can order from, you know, Skip or some of the other mobile applications that are out there. Mm -hmm. And and that's when we were thinking, hmm, maybe we should look inward and say, what if we built our own mobile app and, you know, created our own type of service like that? So you can order your food and come down to the cafeteria and pick it, pick it up, you know, so, you know, kind of why wait in line when you can do it online, right? Mm-hmm. So order online. And um, so that was it. In 2017, you know, uh, a leader came to me and said, hey, Joff, we're going to be creating this this application that's going to go on an iPad and need to figure out how we're going to deploy this at scale. And that's really how it all began. Uh, we created a, a mobile ordering app as a proof of concept. And created this application that goes on the iPad to receive those orders once they've been um, uh, processed mm-hmm. and so that our operators know how to make them. It's a simple model. Um, and in 2017, 18, that, you know, we started rolling out 2019, got better at rolling it out. Um, you know, scale started growing and we thought we were doing really great. And, and, you know, in 2019, we hit like 280 installs and it was like, wow, great achievement. Then COVID happened. Mm. And uh, that changed yeah, everything. Of course. Right? Yeah. And, um, but what changed the most was society and how we we order food. Mm-hmm. The adoption rate of mobile app grew exponentially. And so while we were talking like 280 installs in 2019, you know, compared to what we did last year, we were over, you know, almost 2,000 installs big shift and really it was just demand get it out there get it out there get it out on the counter right and we just ramped up resources to be able to help build the menus and and the back-end infrastructure to to deliver to the business the product and then on the solution side a hardware side you know the deployment of of these managed ipads these purposely built appliances that mm-hmm. really what that's what we're leveraging mac uh, systems manager for this case to do is, is really make a purpose-built appliance that's reliable and is just a device for our operators to to use and something that our team, which is small, and um, can can support. And um, that's the key, right? You, one thing is you can roll it all out there, but when things don't work, they have to have someone else to call. So if we do it right, you get fewer calls and higher volume. And, and that's, you know, over the last couple of years, we've really streamlined our process to, to ramp up and, and COVID really accelerated that. And mm-hmm. so as a result, you know, while uh, everyone, you know, was dealing with, you know, we can't sit in a restaurant and eat food and we can't do all this stuff. Instead of just closing our doors and saying, no, we don't have anything. We were able to actually put in these mobile 
ordering stations so people could order for from their phone on their desk and arrange a pickup time and could, you know you could come in in the morning and place your order for lunch at 8 a.m and then go down at 11 to pick it up and it's ready and yep. you get your notification and every, it so that was probably the the biggest um, success that we have with systems manager in the last year for sure it was just how we were able to really streamline the process and just crank these things out as quick as we could. Wow. There's so much in what you just said. Thank you for taking us through that. I mean, I think, first of all, it's very interesting that even before the, the pandemic started, you'd already started on this journey of you know using the technology in a more creative way to just change the way people interact with these uh, with these businesses, these brands. And uh, and so the work that you've done during the pandemic, I mean, that's a lot of us, of course, got forced onto the back foot and forced to think differently about how we how we uh, leverage technology to to the best advantage. Sounds like you got super creative with it. So, I mean, what a what an amazing story to hear. And I'm sure it must have set you up very well for you know when we do come back to. We keep hearing this term, the new normal. It sounds kind of old at this point. I've, I think we've heard it so many times, but we, I think we all probably understand that things are not necessarily going to go back to identically the way they were before. So a lot of this effort is going to pay off as you as you come back because you've got more of a hybrid setup. Some people will probably continue to want to to you know order remotely versus versus sitting down in uh, in, in in the cafeteria. Well, yeah, and so like what we were talking about. Before we've done some um, proof of concepts in the last, you know, six months, just to see user acceptance in corporate spaces as to, for technology in how they order their food. So in some of our locations, we completely remove point of sale. Mm. There's no point of sale in the retail unit. There's no kiosk. You just order online, right? And show it and yeah. and pick it up. And we also, you know, created a delivery app. So not only can you order it, but we have a um, associates that can deliver and they have a, an app that tells them that hey the order's ready to come pick up they go pick it up and and so on and so forth so you know we're kind of building on that that whole you know investing and in researching to see what works what doesn't work in the in that space mm -hmm. but leveraging like i said the the technology of, of systems manager it, it really gives us that that advantage to you know on a dime like i need a new app so you know, interestingly enough, um, we use a, a specific model of printer. Um, the vendor went and changed their app the other last week, and uh, not only did they change it, they actually created a new app. So while we push out the standard template out to all of our devices out there, mm -hmm. um, lo and behold, the vendor goes and changes their application. So this app no longer works. Well, this is the app that manages our printer for the for the chits, you know, that go with the orders. It's right. kind of a yeah. critical component. Yeah. So when I, you know, once I found out, loaded it up in our test environment, added the app, ran some tests through. Yep, everything was great. Loaded the new app into Systems Manager into our production site and hit save. And within two hours, every device in North America just got the new app. Wow, it's amazing. And you try and imagine the kind of disruption that could cause if you didn't have that ability. It would be a nightmare, I'm sure. Uh, it would be, you know, you would have to think about it. you got to send out email blasts to people with instruction sets as to how to go fix it themselves, mm -hmm. right? And, um, yeah, that would not be ideal. Um, you know, it would be so disruptive. So having that flexibility to create this appliance that like i said that is a very specific purpose-built appliance that that we've created that we can manage um remotely and not only triage and troubleshoot you know all of that stuff is is, is um the tools that meraki provides is is very helpful in you know diagnosing where we may have some problems with mm. with the application with the ipad with the network um yeah, it, it it gives you that whole end-to-end -end aspect of it. And that's really what we we push for, right? Well, when from the networking side, we understand that the dynamics of how there are different connections. You know, when we talk about an iPad, you can, you know, connect it with cellular, you can connect Wi-Fi, you can buy an adapter that will allow you to connect it into an Ethernet network. And we use them all because, like I said at the beginning, right, we don't have a um 
a, bo- a you know four wall box store. We, we operate in unique environments and need mm-hmm. to be adaptive. And and so this connectivity flexibility, um, yeah, we have many different permutations of how these devices connect. But ultimately, they all report back into Systems Manager. We right. see them in the dashboard, and we have a, a sense and idea. The sweetness of it, though, is when you have the iPad in Systems Manager that is behind you know, uh, a Meraki network where it's connected to a Meraki access point you know, and yep. through our router, we get the whole end-to-end of that iPad. Um, you know, uh, in network traffic, you know the event logs, everything that goes with it. So that's been super helpful in in you know triaging issues that are unforeseen things that you know we just hadn't come across in some of our unique environments. You know we d- throw the devices out there and it's like, hey, why isn't it working? It's like, oh wow, this is you know very enlightening. Uh, we had no idea that you know these errors were happening or mm-hmm. this configuration misconfiguration existed and. So that's really that whole completeness of end-to-end um, really, I think, sets this MDM different than the others because in the other MDMs, you don't have the link back to your your MX, right? You don't yes. have the link back yeah. to your router to see that interaction. I mean, when I have a normal device and it goes through the device list, the client list within the Meraki router side, you get the heuristics of the device, but you don't get that association back to the device. You know, you're just seeing mm-hmm. it as a MAC address and an IP. That's all you know. Just, just, but just on, jointed. Yep. When you have that systems manager component, you get a whole other world of view to that device, which that's 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 the magic there. Yeah. That's it, and and that was what I was also t- uh, touching on. I think with, with the um, with the recap of what Systems Manager has become, because it really did start with, you know, that essential of being able to deploy apps and change the settings. But its integration with the rest of the portfolio is really where the power comes in, and and being able to, as you said, to be able to draw that easy connection between this device is this node on the network. That, that enables you to just get so much more granular in terms of how you treat your clients and how you troubleshoot them. Uh, so it's, it's very interesting to hear the way you, where you uh, tell that story. I think um, uh, the, the other area that I was quite interested in was to, to sort of try to visualize the diff- these different scenarios that you have that you support in Compass Group as well. So we've talked a little bit about, uh, and, and what I've got in my head right now is this kind of campus type setup because I'm very familiar with that working at Cisco. We're very familiar with that approach. But there are other types of uh, scenarios that, that you're deployed in as well. Do you want to just take us through those as uh, just to give us a, that sort of sense of contrast? Um, sure. I mean, in, so we also have the point of sale space, right? So mm-hmm. while we did talk about point of sale um, and, you know, uh, that's out there. Yes, we have a lot of point of sale out there, um, being as, as large as we are. Um, and so back in yeah, 2018, you know, I started and said, okay, let's add a Windows point of sale onto um, Systems Manager and see what happens. And so we did and, and got that working. And then it's like, oh, okay, well, once we saw what the device looked at and it gave us, a, you know, the, um, the applications that are installed and it's a, uh, connection information and, and that level of detail from the systems manager uh, of a Windows device, it was like, oh, wait a minute, we can push apps. So what are we missing here? And it's like, well, this these devices don't have um, Cisco AMP on them uh, or secure endpoint. So, okay, um, can we install that? Sure. So we went and got the AMP added in there and now we created a policy that says, hey, if this device comes into the network and it doesn't have Cisco AMP installed, install it. And mm-hmm. that's what it does. So, you know, we're shoring up our, our devices. So while we rely on our vendors to deploy our point of sale, sometimes, you know, the technicians may forget to in- install a patch or they're missing, um, you know, installing systems manager or they're missing installing AMP. Well, you know, we circle back and get them to do that. But now once, if, the minimum requirement is they just have to put Systems Manager on that. Once they put Systems Manager, we can then look at the device and make sure that it's compliant. And if it isn't, mm-hmm. true it up and make it compliant. So it's really, you know, 
it was surprising to our leadership when we started rolling these out. It's like, okay, well, the vendors are going to take care of that. Don't worry about it. And it's like, okay, well, we're just assuming that they're going to do that, but how are we going to audit them on this? And yeah, that's a good question, right? And so this is what the tool has really reflected on us is, is we're able to see these go out and if it's missing something, it gets fixed mm-hmm. automatically, right? And and it just adds that layer of sec- additional security because really, the, you know, we need to have the, the security endpoint on this. It's a Windows device. It's an important component. Right. And it has to, you know, because you can't just in- install it, you need to have the right executable to end up in the right group in our in the Cisco secure endpoint side of things because we've broken out our point of sale by our different vendors and groups in there. And recently in systems manager, since prior to us having our calls in December, I did a big shift in our systems manager environment where, you know, I used to have them all in one big container. And we, it was it was funny and we kind of joke about it to this day. When we created our first systems manager network within Meraki, our Meraki environment, mm-hmm. we actually called the network systems manager. So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I've heard that before. <laughs> so, uh, so it's like, oh, what network is this? In? Oh, it's in the network systems manager. Well, prior to December, um, I had over fifteen thousand devices in that network, right. and it was getting a bit unwieldy. Um, it's not that you couldn't do it; it's just unwieldy in the sense that I had, you know multiple vendors, like 10 different vendors, products all under one network. And it was just, while I could see everything all under one network, I couldn't really do the things that I wanted to do easily with specific product of the 10, right? Mm -hmm. So of the, and so when you're talking 15,000 devices, you're trying to filter out and get the right ones. It just wasn't quite the right setup. And this is kind of the learning curve, right? The learning curve of understanding what works, what doesn't, and how things behave at scale. So going back to December, you know, created all these separate networks, systems manager networks for the respective vendors and moved those products into their own buckets now. And now what I see is a much different and um, more scalable um, way to manage these devices. So it's that you know, the ease of use gets you in, hooks you in, and you get going on it. And then it's like, okay, this is exciting. But it's when you start hit that that tipping point, like 5,000 devices, that's a lot of devices. Mm-hmm. 10,000 devices in one network, that's insane. And when you get to 15,000, it's just like, it's just <laughs> too big, right? Yep. Now, yep. for multiple products, if it were one specific product doing one specific thing, Meraki would handle that no problem. And I think that's the beauty of the solution is that I didn't hit an all stop and have to recreate and invent the wheel. I just needed to add some new networks, apply the policies that need to be applied unique to that product, Mm -hmm. and then just move the devices in. And that was it. Like that functionality, I don't really get that with other platforms. Like that ability to change, fundamentally change its configuration um, that easily, but just by simply moving it in another network is is huge. Um, yeah, and it, it, it is a scalability thing, isn't it? And, and the, the ability, it doesn't matter how great the technology is, we're still humans, we still need to be able to logically break things down a little bit. And of course, there's also the implication of, you know, every time you click a button, if it's the more devices it's hitting, the more, uh, you know, you're going to be thinking about that before you click that button, right? So you 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 have this opportunity to, you know, test out in advance. You have this opportunity to to pick on a specific location if you wanted to, and and just break it down in in whichever way makes sense to you. Yeah. So um, there was an incident that came out. I was publicly posted the Log4j issue mm-hmm. that came mm-hmm. out. Everybody's aware of it. Oh yeah. Well, one of our POS vendors, you know, was leveraging that and you know created a, a patch for it. The challenge that they had, though, is, is <clears throat> as you can appreciate, like it's not like we just have terminals in one city, right? We have terminals in multiple cities across North America. Mm-hmm. So from a vendor perspective, patching for them would have involved technicians having to go on site to fix this, right? <clears throat> so early on when we onboarded this vendor um, into Systems Manager, you know, we had 
set some pretty high standards as to what we wanted them to do in order for them to get into systems manager. And as a result of us doing that at the get-go, when this log4j came up, um, they were able to create a patch. So, you know, forward them the, the document from the Meraki help, which is fantastic, by the way, that, you know, whenever you have things, just go into the help, see if it's there. If not, you can go to the community and see if it's there. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of great resources to figure stuff out. Pass that, that how to package an app application uh, URL um, from the help to the vendor and they created a package sent us to us we added it in as an app into it and then I created a security po alert policy to inhere compliance so boom put the policy in and hey you need the log4j patch policy applied it and so now we know how many of these devices received the patch how many didn't and the ones that didn't get patched um, that we provide the list to our vendor and said these ones aren't behaving properly for whatever reason. Can you please go check it out? And mm -hmm. so, so now instead of you know going to service thousands of point of sale terminals, we just gave them and said, hey, there's a hundred here that you need to go take a look at. Nice. Yeah, and and that that sort of flexibility, I think, is the thing we keep on coming back to um, over and again. And it's it's just wonderful to hear the the sort of creativity in the way that you've gone about solving these as well. It's uh, it's really very much uh, what we aim for. Um, Sounds like the dogs have uh, woken up. We talked about uh, these before. A little bit, a uh, little bit. Um, what other use cases? Um, so one of the other industries that we, you know, really is about building, you know, I look at assistance manager for me, um, it's about building products for our business, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I build a product for a business, I, I can give them an iPad and everybody gets an iPad and it's got, you know, GarageBand on it and all the other stuff, but those aren't work applications, right? Those are right. Your personal because the iPad is really built as a consumer device, but we're leveraging it as a commercial device because we can. And as a commercial device, you know, that's where I really kind of get creative with it and, and basically strip out everything that they don't need mm -hmm. and give them, you know, web clips to training apps or specific internal products that we have that they need to go to and make a, a, a very specific device that is reliable for them, that will work right. as they need it to work, right? They're not off doing Facebook or Instagram with you know, the social media stuff. They're, they're doing their jobs with these tablets and you know, the training materials there, the, all the stuff that they need to do their job is on this tablet mm -hmm. and that's it. And um, so once again, another scenario, you know, uh, vendors come out with a new app, we need to push it out to all the devices. You know, it's it's going to roll out tomorrow. Well, that's okay. I'll push it out tonight. And in the morning, everybody's got the app. They're all good to go. So it's just so, so much easier um, when you have it templated out and, in uh, you know, we just add the tags and that's it. And away it you go. That's the things, yeah. I think one of the other areas that uh, we were talking about when we were preparing for this, we, we mentioned obviously everything you've just described around deployment and management and the configuration side of things, but also the the role that APIs are increasingly playing uh, with Meraki. So, you know, maybe give us a sense of, of how you've sort of started to think about the use, using those to um, to manage the, the devices, the applications, the scenarios you've described. Yeah, so the... so. You know, I'll go back to the, the beginning, like you said, uh, getting a device and an app on in on, onto a device in Meraki, in Systems Manager, is very easy. Mm -hmm. And that, that, that simplicity just, it kind of baits you and hooks you in. But the complexity of what you can do once it's in Systems Manager, that rabbit hole, it gets deep. Right. And so... <laughs> um, the API has been a very fun rabbit hole to go down. Um, you know, you know, starting out with like with V0, V now we're in V1, mm -hmm. um, in, in the iterations of that API. Uh, we have done some really neat things with the API. So that whole scale component, you know, how how does our business, we know that they're gonna wanna, you know, we're reaching out to the business saying, hey, mobile. Um, we have this mobile solution, they want it, we need to deliver it. Okay, so now our delivery managers, they need to order it in for the business. Well, you know, we get the request in, they would come in email or we'd have some form and they come into our team and we'd disseminate all the information, grab the iPads, you know, 
add them into the system, configure them, add the tags, and then ship them. And while we got good at it, it was, what could we do better? Mm-hmm. So in March of last year, when we were, you know, ramping up, you know, because we're, we're looking at, you know, getting ready for, you know, um, the summer season, because it gets busy, you know, from a technology side, encompass for us in the summer. Right. Um, how do we ramp up? How are we going in 2020? It was very difficult for our team. We, we struggled um, to meet the demands of the business, but we were, we were able to do it. And then in 2021, it was like, how do we do this better? Mm-hmm. And so we leveraged the API. And so what we did with the API is, is really, we created an internal ordering system using another product. So our, our technology delivery managers go into that system and, and at create their order. And all the information that they're putting in their order is pre-populating the information that we need to actually configure the devices. Mm, nice. So once they submit the order, our um, one of our uh, frontline operators re- will receive that request to fulfill it. So they get it, they go grab an iPad, look up, assign the serial number to it, and then hit provision. And then what that does is it sends a record to a table that the API then grabs. And within five minutes, you know, because we have it on a, a sync cycle within five minutes, um, that API script runs and that iPad is now in systems manager. It's got the appropriate business name that it needs on it. It's got all the appropriate tags that it needs on it. So technician just turns it on right. and it's, it's like configured, right? Yeah. And with that, we have the whole backend ticketing log of how, how the order came in, how it was tracked, how it was created. And that helped us admit like that by creating that whole process, we were just able to like, we took our whole provisioning process, which took anywhere from 35 to 40 minutes per device. We got it down to under five minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. Even better. Right? Yeah. Even better. Right. So, um, and really the API allowed us to do that. It just, we just inject it right into systems manager and away we go. So then we took it from there and it's like, okay, well, like the networking side. So let's look at the network. And we've done some very creative stuff with the APIs on the network side, you know, um, disabling ports that aren't used mm-hmm. over a certain period of time, you know, the typical good housekeeping stuff that we've done. Yeah. Um, you know, we've looked at things where naming conventions weren't set correctly and were kind of mismatched out there and leveraging the API, we're able to do you know, large changes um, across the estate. Uh, you know, when we talk 5,000 networks, right? Who's going to go and update mainly 5,000 networks at one at a time, right? With an API, no problem. Nice. We got it. We got it taken care of. Does the heavy lifting for you? Yeah, no, that's yeah. Great. And then one of the other, I think, unique things that we've seen uh, with the API is probably. It, it's weird. Um, let me just try to explain it. Um, so our vendors deploy point of sale and, you know, point of sale gets put in and, hey, point of sale names the device kiosk one and the one beside it's going to be kiosk two mm-hmm. and POS one, POS two. All right. So that's great. But that's for this particular business unit. When you have 10,000 business unit, right. <laughs> which which kiosk one is this? Because in systems manager, the device is going to come in with the host name and says, my name is Kiosk One, and I'm looking at it going, cool. Of course, of course, yeah. And when you have 15,000 devices in a network, it's like, where did you come from? Mm-hmm. What network do you belong to? What are you? I see you're a point of sale device, and I can tell you know through certain things looking at it what vendor it is. But apart from that, I have no idea. It's just a, a device with a name in our network. Mm-hmm. So hence the API got real creative there. One thing we noticed is, hey, all the devices have public IP. Great. What else has a public IP? Or our MXs have public IPs. Right. So we create an API that basically grabs all the public IPs of our MXs and matches them to the public IPs of the devices. And if there's a match, take the name off of the router because the router has the actual site location name. Okay. And add that, uh, append that to the device in, in this network. So once our API runs, right, now it's like, oh, yeah, you belong to this site, you, and we can easily look them up. And in, in, in the 
on the offset is I can either look at them in systems manager and there's the device, or I can go to the network in the on the MX side and look at the client list, pull up that device, and then in the bottom right left-hand corner, you get all the systems manager information that's in there based off the device information. So I get the best of both worlds from the MX side of things. Mm. So yeah, that whole API naming thing um, was huge for us just to, great, we, we got them all in the system, but we didn't know where they were. Now with the API, we know where these devices all belong, which is it's huge benefit. Yeah, that's really smart. And and it, it's reminding me of a feature we have on the, on the MX uh, when you use templates and you have to and you're deploying basically the same setup on every location then you need to be able to differentiate that sounds like it's a you know pretty similar way of doing it a very creative one so um, nice nice idea <laughs> definitely so um you know obviously we've talked about the the way in which you've adapted and and things have changed during the course of uh, this pa- pandemic period that we've been living through. When you think about uh, government coming into 2022, you know what's on your mind there? What sort of uh, projects? How do you see what you've learned maybe during that period getting applied and and helping to to move you forward? That's a that's a great question because um, we're still you know in January and, and trying to figure out you know what's what's the big play for this year. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, we're, a lot more focus is going to be, I think, just clean once again. As I as I mentioned earlier, I took the you know big chunk of devices out of the systems manager network and then divided them into their respective vendor networks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think from that perspective, there's a lot more that we can do in that space, and and I'm going definitely want to explore that. Um, and then on the you know other big plays this year, I'm not quite sure what's in store for us or, or that i'm allowed to share no that's fair it's, it's still early days as well so um it is but i think one thing we can be sure of is that there'll be some there will have been some great learnings uh during all of this time where we've been working in our respective homes and uh, and just dealing with that that challenge that uh, that we'll be able to bring forward as we uh, as we emerge from this thing uh, I guess as we start to move towards a conclusion here, Geoff, um, I would love to get some thoughts out of you for anybody who's listening, who's maybe, you know, they're a Meraki customer, perhaps maybe they're not even a Meraki customer. They're thinking about this challenge around, around devices. Uh, and maybe they're thinking about taking a look at systems manager. Um, you know, you've learned a lot. You've, you've been through quite a curve. You've gone all the way from the very basic capabilities in the early days to this quite sophisticated, uh, you know, interoperability with our, our other products. Uh, what sort of advice and recommendations would you have for, for folks who are new to it? Um, that it's not as scary as it sounds, uh, the MDM management. Uh, I mean, when you look at some of the other competing products out there, they can be quite overwhelming just because of, of everything that they're trying to offer as an MDM, mm-hmm. right? And while Meraki offers many of, of the same things, it, you know, the, it's a product within the Meraki space of other Meraki products, right? So that whole MX and the MS lines, right? The router switches, all that stuff. And so this in, this integration is is really that advantage that you get using Systems Manager, that end-to-end ability to see from the device all the way through to the endpoint of what's happening. Um, you just don't get that level of detail with the other platforms. Mm-hmm. And the real hook is the ease of use right Mm -hmm. it's so easy to you know two things really you have if we talk about ipads for example you have ipads if you want to manage them with the whole secure thing then you have to do the apple thing with the apple business manager and get those enrolled because it unlocks the secure features for it there are also though so in, in situations where we've worked with vendors where we've created a custom app or they have a custom app but we want to add them into Systems Manager, but we, what we're not actually, we don't own them. They're not in our Apple Business Manager, so I don't have access to the secure profiles. So there's things that you know I can't push an OS update to a non-enterprise iPad, but I can push the app, right? So if I'm if we've made an update to the app, um, we build custom enterprise apps as opposed to public apps. Right. So, yeah. so you can't go to the App Store to download. We we build a custom enterprise, and we just don't want to give the the you know that file to the vendor to sideload onto the device. So 
we point them to Meraki and say, hey, enroll into the Meraki network. Once your device is in there, add a tag and you'll get the app. And so that ability to work with our vendors and, and their um, teams and, and their products and just you know tie into our network, let's get your apps rolling. That level of flexibility just makes it so much easier um, you know, all around. And, and then once we've got to understand the product and proof of concept and we move on to the next phase, how do we harden it, lock it down and do all that mm -hmm. fun stuff mm -hmm. to secure it? Um, that's when, you know, we'd say, okay, we'll bring it into the business manager, Apple business and, and do the full security uh, profiles on it. Yeah. I know that, you know, systems manager can do much, much more with the user and, you know, the whole Google and, and Microsoft and, um, and, just haven't had a chance to explore those things yet. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we've been busy on these other things, but you know, those are are definitely things of consideration for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, as you said, the 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 products is going to serve, and the way and you've described this really very eloquently through this whole conversation is, you know, the product can be used in different ways to solve different kind of use cases, and and so you know, customer A may have a completely different. A way in which they can leverage the product to get uh, to get what they need for their efficiency, their business model, uh, versus customer B. So it's 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 really and, and what I like in what you're saying, and of course you'd expect me to say this, but but the fact that it is a relatively easy on ramp, so you can you know start to use it at a fundamental level to address a specific need. And then, as you said, the rabbit hole goes pretty deep if you want to get down there. Uh, you don't have to go down there, but it's actually there if you if you do need that, whether it, through the product itself or whether integrations with with a, um, via the API. Yep. Fantastic. Well, I've learned a lot, and and it's been really interesting to hear. I think, and, and this is why I love having these conversations, is how the thing has been applied in the real world with a real use case. Uh, to to address uh, the real challenges that um, that different types of organizations have. So, Geoff, thank you so much for taking time and joining us on the podcast. Yes, thank you very much for inviting me. It's uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, these are always good fun. Well, um, thank you all as well for listening to the episode. I hope you found this one uh, illuminating. And obviously, if you want to try Systems Manager, then uh, the option is absolutely there. It's very easy to get started with a trial of any of our products. Just head over to meraki.com. And uh, we'll take you on that journey and uh, as far down the rabbit hole as you want to go. So with time to wrap things up, uh, once again, I want to thank my, my guest, uh, Joff from Compass Group, uh, for joining us today. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks uh, with another episode. Until then, stay well, and we look forward to welcoming you back very soon. Bye for now.